I started from nothing Never knew where my next meal was coming But I transform my life I stay one step ahead Mindset of disruption I own the edge This is a drill cast Where I bring the wisdom you need Everyone is selling knowledge I get mine away for free I'm as real as it gets You either love or hate me Best believe I'm Major League Bill Hines That's me This is the drill cast I really want to talk about you. Mm. You you could be considered an enigma to I'm flattered. Uh, to to most men and women, okay? okay. Cuz just like so we met, you know, you were a model and a very good one at that. And before that, you were a uh, Cleveland Cavaliers dancer. Yes. And you were good at it. And uh, <laughs> so um you know, you're used to being a brand ambassador and out there and you know and there's some women out there and even men out there that say, hey, that's objectifying women or that's other. Or... Pretty traditional business yeah. model to have a spokes model for your Well, it's effective. Brand. It's effective. And yeah. You don't I, have to tune I, feel, in, right? I feel proud of my history, my resume. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a large population of young women that looked up to us. And, and I don't feel that we represented ourselves in any way that disparaged that relationship at all. And yeah, uh, I, do people say that football players are yeah. objectified? Do they say that you're objectified as a race car driver because yeah. women maybe like have crushes on you or view time. you in a certain way? Or when people say, "Oh, like you're a rich guy," you know, does that make you feel objectified? Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, yeah, you're proud all... of yourself. You know. You're... Anyway, I remember one time we were just sitting around and you wanted to pick my ear on something, and that's what I really wanted to talk about because it kind of like I wouldn't. I'm not going to take credit for Meg Jones. You know, because, I mean, your mom and dad gets That's credit right. for that, you know. Glory to God. Yes. And, uh, but my point is I, I do remember a specific instance where you came to me and asked me for advice. And I've always wanted to give people advice. And that's why, really, why I started this podcast and you were for it as well, because you want to give back as well. And we don't want to charge anyone nine ninety five a month, you know, or anything like that. Or So when you sat down with me, you asked me, like, a lot of business advice. And I just said, hey, you know. To me, I like real estate, and because anyone, if they put their brain to it, they can do it. It's not get rich quick, like some of these CDs and infomercial people think you can, but you can get rich fast. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you put in the work, and you can use the money you make in real estate to use it as a vehicle, so you compile cash, save cash, and then as a stepping stone to what you what you're really really passionate about. Now, some people they get into it, and that's what they're passionate about. You know, and so they're really, they're like, fuck it. This is what I am passionate about. And I, I feel like, like a lot of successful businesses are kind of like, like we said, like a club. Yeah. And they're like hard to penetrate and get into. But yeah. real estate is kind of like a club anybody can break into. But think think about most businesses, if you're there, and people, what does everyone have in common? You got to have a roof over your head. Mm -hmm. It's real estate. You know, you, you got to have a, biz, a building. And... Real estate, your the purchase of your home will be the largest transaction anybody ever makes in their lifetime. Wouldn't you want to get your hands in on that? I mean, I don't know. My friend bought a plane that's kind of bigger than a house, and I bought a build buildings that's bigger than a house. But I get for the average person, yes, they transaction. Yes, yes, it is a real estate transaction. But yeah, for the most people, for the everyday American person, for ninety nine percent of Americans or anyone in the world, yeah. Owning the home, it's part of the American dream. And know? it's another thing that it gives you like freedom. 
professionally, like yeah. you don't go in, you're not a nine to five person. You don't wear a uniform. You don't have to say yes or no, sir. You don't, you yeah. know, have a, a direct superior. You kind of run your business how yeah. you see fit. And that's well, very that, liberating and empowering too. There was a, a I think it's Grant Cardone that said it, right? That 10X guy who, some things I like what he says. The one time he says, I rent my house. I would never own a house. Wow, it's stupid. And I'm like, so sad. yeah, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot if you're telling people not to own a house. Yeah, like, you build equity all, for somebody else. Like my point You'll is, never see that money again. Like, I get it. I'm a real estate developer and I own real estate. Thank you for sending people my way to rent from me. But I always tell people, listen, why would you want to pay? Like every month you're paying rent and you could be paying mortgage. Like especially if you could pay your mortgage off, okay, and you can, you know, do it quicker. Obviously, you're doing it less interest rates. Now, interest rates for houses are like 2.5%. So if you can, you can typically, if you were approved for a 30-year mortgage and you're paying like 2.5%, you know, and you pay a little bit extra, you can probably own your home in 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can pay it down quicker, well, guess what? It's appreciating every year. So you're building up a bank account. You're building up, you know, that's like your savings account, okay? And you'll always have that asset and you could sell it and then spring you and you can always like get a loan against it, start a business, a line of credit. So there's many things you could do when you own property, okay? And, you know, it, it, it makes no sense when he said that and I thought it was bad, bad advice. And it's like, and like, wait a minute, I paid you thousands of dollars to go to your seminar for you to give me that bad advice, <laughs> like you're a fucking idiot, you know? Yes. And like I said, some things he say good, but and, and we can agree to disagree, and he has his reasons by it, because like, oh, I can use that money for this. But when you're getting the money cheap, you know, it's, it makes no sense. So, but yeah, I want to hear- And money's uh, never really been cheaper. Like you said, interest rates are really low, yeah. probably closer to three, yeah. three and a half, but- So it depends on credit and stuff like that. Right. But like, so when we sat down, it was at an Andretti event, and- you know what? So many people have access to me and friends and they never, some people just don't ask me for advice or, you know, not that I'm no I couldn't everything. not though, because you're, you're accessible and you're so personable. So rather than us just shooting the shit, yeah. you know, you're a very successful man. I want, I want to hear about it. Yeah. I want to know what you did. I want to do what you did. And yeah. coming, you have six brothers and sisters. I have seven brothers and sisters with single mom. Three brothers you know sisters. what I mean? Like it's, it's something, a lot of parallels where I could, I could imitate your business model, what do you, what you did, I felt like I could do that too. Yeah. And luckily, because you shared your experience with me, I, I was able to leverage that into my own. Yeah. And I thank you for it. And real estate has been a blessing for me, and I know for you too. Yeah, but you didn't just say, hey, I'm going to be a real estate agent in like little podunk some town, Ohio or Iowa or whatever. Easy. You were like, fuck it. I'm going to go to New York Where's City. Where's property the most expensive yeah, in the United States? Like, like where, but New York you know what City, though? baby. If you're making a percentage and, you know, you're like, hey, okay, I'm going to put as much time into selling this building in New York City as this time, as much time as uh, uh, in Ohio, but yet this building or this property in New York City might be 5 million as opposed to 200,000. Right. So when you get in here, And I did go back to Ohio <laughs> last year and get my Ohio real estate license as well because I have a lot of family and friends there, Yeah. which is, you know, just recurring business. Yeah. But you're right. The transactions in New York are a lot more fast-paced and bigger. They're so bigger, yeah. yeah, in comparison, it's the obvious move. But, but you gotta have um, thick skin too. You can't. You like, do. Like I know people who went into the real estate game there as real estate agents or brokers, and they didn't have the mental. I wouldn't say the mental capacity, but they didn't have the the drive to actually 
like hustle. It's a it's a really high turnover yeah. industry. Yeah. Most people that get their <clears> license <throat> don't. You have to renew within two years. Most people don't renew. Yeah. Don't yeah. Don't even yeah. make it through the have second one year. Transaction, exactly. Yeah. You're just like fuck it. I don't want to work that hard. You but know. it's it's very <clears> difficult <throat> to be self-employed. It's very difficult to you know work on your own schedule and discipline yourself enough to say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do these good habits. I'm gonna you know you have to treat it like a job. Yeah. You have to be disciplined, and I think that's probably the greatest difficulty is managing your time and doing like what actually is efficient and useful and ends up making money when you get into real estate at first you chase every customer that talks to you yeah. and that's they're not legitimately buyers or sellers and you learn that you learn discernment the more experience you get the one thing i always give advice when i talk to people in real estate and they want to be into real estate so obviously not many people like to me my first advice would be like hey buy property buy a rental income, whether it be a multi-unit residential or a commercial property, and you have people in there. So obviously, if you can't do that, I said, okay, well, if, you know, I got lucky how I bought my first commercial property. So I didn't, I never became a real estate agent or a broker. Didn't do it that way. I just really just bought a property. Okay. How did you do that again? Well, that's another show, but because this one's more about you. But, okay. But basically, all of a sudden done, I had good credit and I had basically the seller hold a second mortgage, you know, for that. So I really only put $10,000 down on a million dollar property and like overnight it cash flowed like based on the rents and I had good tenants in it. So it was, it was like the realtor at the time that found it, you know, just basically, yeah, I got lucky, but right place, right time. But it's that connection It's having that, that connection to the person that found it. So the next best thing is to me is like, Hey, go get your real estate license work hard at it, then maybe even become a broker. So you can cherry pick the deal. So the advice I give to people starting out in real estate, if you can figure out a way to start owning property as well, like that's the power because you're on both ends of the transaction and then you're building up the equity. So too many, like I know so many people that are real estate agents and that brokers. Don't own they don't even own their own house. Well, a lot of us can't like, even afford the, the apartments that we rent out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, not there, but like my point is like, why can't you own some property in Ohio? Like, so here's the thing. One of my mentors, a guy named Louis Appel, okay, and I always asked him, Louis, why didn't you own radio stations or cable companies in, like, New York City or, like, these big markets? He goes, I didn't, why did I need to compete in the big cities? He goes, there's enough smaller cities, you know, there's enough houses and people listening to music and, and talk shows in the middle of America where it's, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to make money in these markets as well. So I actually had, I said, wow, that's, that's actually crazy because that was my same idea with what I don't need the $10 million, $20 million, the billion dollar building in New York city. You know, I can get, I can go to Clearfield PA or state college PA or Jaeger, like these smaller markets that Big people still do business in a small pond. Yeah. Yeah, but when you do it enough, then you're, you know, a big fish in the whole country because then you could have property all over. Like you could have property in many different states, you know, and and, you know, people in middle America, they need houses and buildings and stuff like that and property. So, you know, then you can expand to like, okay, hey, I like this market in Arizona. I like this market in Vegas or I like this market in different areas. So you can, you know, and that's actually diversification because... It's almost like the stock market. You could diversify yourself within the industry 
and within geographical locations because certain geographical locations are doing better mm -hmm. than others at different times. Yes. Like one for a period of time, like the Southern Florida market was horrible. And that's coming back up again. And then one year, Arizona was like like the Phoenix area. Scottsdale areas have so many, so many foreclosures. And then that was getting shit on. And Vegas, Vegas was popping like 2006, 2007. And then like, oh shit. And then it was depressed. So you, if you have your ear to the ground, you can see where these markets are going. And then you could take advantage of them. So, you know, with that, I always say as a real, like, you know, like your next First goal, thing is build capital and then yeah, invest. Your next goal is really to start buying yes. property. Yes. You know, and then what I know. want is like a property that's income bearing. So mm -hmm. I'm going to live in New York. I want to buy property in Ohio that, yeah. you know, because that'll be a lower yeah. price point for me. And then I could have, let's say, a duplex. Yeah. And both of them will be paying me yeah. and I can make a double payment on my mortgage and have it paid off in less than 15 years. Yeah, and you years. pay it off and then it's just cash. Right, flow. exactly. So and that's like another job. Yeah. So if you have that cash flow coming in and say say you build up a nice portfolio of commercial and residential properties and uh, with uh, actually breed it. Another there. place to look for properties that you don't intend to live in would be near campuses. Oh, without question. So college students will pay exorbitant amounts and then their have, parents will pay it too. They want I, them to have I the have, nicest house nearest property. to the campus. Well, that's so when I my main thing was commercial property. So obviously. But then when I got into residential in like the mid 2000s. I was like, you know where I'm going to put buy these properties, these residential properties, is near high schools and colleges. Because families, they're always going to rent. So mm -hmm. I've never, like literally my portfolio of resident, residential and, and commercial properties is like, it's never been less than 97% occupied, even in shitty markets. Well, your daughter's going to college next year. Are you going to? Hell yeah. Well, the first, you have to live on campus. Okay. Do they but, have that rule? Yeah. They had that at my yeah, college too. But, first two oh, years or first one year? First I think you can do it. I think you have to do the first year. Uh, and first I, year in a dorm, and then the second year on campus. You can do off campus, okay. in an apartment. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably look. Especially to buy if the something. other girls go there too, you know. And yeah. then you. Well, can no, no, there's no way. You're not going to go to the same college. No, hell no. Kaylee will probably get a scholarship somewhere, but you know, but wherever they go, yeah, I plan on buying a place near there because, and then basically give it to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And not give, they'll earn it. To me, earning it is, hey, get your degree. You earn that shit. You know, that's your job. Be good, be a good person, be a good student. You do that. And then, um, like right now, they technically own real estate property. Each of them kind of own a house, you know, and they don't even like, if you ask them, they don't know it, but yet. Yeah. I think you can't um, be considered a, competent to sign a contract until you're 18. No. It's, it's in a trust for them. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> so next year when I mean, she goes to college, it, my, you're gonna buy her is like, a place before she. Yeah, goes I would buy it, but that would be theirs. And then like when they leave college, they just rent it out. They'll to rent other it out to somebody. Too. Yeah, and then they have this income-producing property for themselves because somebody's gonna want it, especially gonna be proximity. And their dad's a baller, and he knows exactly what the fuck he's. I'm gonna doing. start scouting properties yeah. near Pitt. Actually, Bree came to me for similar advice, and you know she bought a property in town. Oh, did and, you? Yeah, it's a seven unit and, and it has a wow. commercial side of things. So, like, you know. And she lives in one of those or is she just. No, um, no, 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 okay. no. It's just, yeah. It, she lives. She bought her own house, too. So that's the thing. She bought her own house and, you know, uh, different things like that. So, you know, people come to me, they take the advice and they run with it. And, like, you know, Bree's one, like, one of the remarkable people that uh, has actually executed like you. 
You know, you say, okay, give me the advice and run with it. You know, there's certain people that do that. But um, what do you think find most challenging working in New York City? Uh, well, before this whole virus thing, it felt like it was a really saturated market. Like a lot of people in New York are involved in real estate. So that in itself is like a greater level of competition than most people. But there's enough business out there for everybody. However, when you work with a client, they could be working with other real estate agents. So it's kind of, if you can avoid that and you have like a loyal customer base, like how you are loyal to your real estate agent and use the same one consistently, that's something that lets you like build, you know, um, a network and makes you have like recurring business and that's what you need to be consistently successful and like grow. And then those referrals are huge. Yeah. But, um, well, how'd you set yourself apart? I remember not knowing how to like initiate deals. Like uh, I got my license and I joined, I joined a brokerage and I just remember you seeing everybody. Team? No, I'm, I'm an independent kidding. player. <laughs> um, but I remember seeing everybody coming to the office and wearing the little suits and it's a commission-based job, so you mm-hmm. don't get paid hourly. So anybody that comes to the office, you're kind of like, oh, you must be doing some work. You need to be here. But I would go stand behind people on their computers and say, like, what are you doing? They're just doing business Playing shit. They're, yeah, they're doing, like, personal Whatever. items. And they're wearing that suit. I don't know why. It makes them feel like they're important, kind of. And then I kind of realized you a, lot of, a lot of it was just nonsense, just pushing papers and people doing... Things to make them feel like they were working, but yeah. really didn't make They're a difference. Didn't yeah. produce money. So that, I feel like, was distracting for me. And then once I learned how to get clients, uh, there's this element of negotiation that comes when you charge your fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in New York, let's say for a, a rental, you can charge 15% of the annual rent. Yeah. Okay, that's the most you can the charge. Most, yeah. But... A lot of people charge just one month, which is closer to like eight and a half percent. Yeah. So that's a big difference. Yeah. And this is this is your salary yeah, for the whole year. So don't you think less is more? But listen, if you charge somebody eight and a half percent to rent the same apartment, I would charge you fifteen percent. Who are you going to choose? Eight percent. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's my point. Less is more. You know what I mean? But yeah, like uh, you could get more volume. Now your work hard. But fifteen percent of zero is still zero. Exactly. exactly. That's so point. that's that's a delicate thing. This is something that was interesting to me is that I was very ready to negotiate against myself. But then I realized if I let my client negotiate me down, how do I represent them? I will also let the the competition negotiate me down. Yeah. So that was something that was delicate. And another thing I found out was that the women in my office were more than willing to negotiate their fee. The men, when I asked them, what do they charge? Like, well, what do they say when people try to negotiate? They say that never happens. It never, they, nobody ever asked me to lower my fee. So that kind of set me on fire. True. It set me on fire, and then it changed my perspective. And then from then on, I was full fee. There was no level of negotiation. If I did, it would be small. It would be a couple points and that no more. But that changed because I wanted to be somebody who felt like I earned So if I'm in a salary, place in New York, I'm I earn 15%. My fee. We'll talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> huh? We'll talk about it. Really? But we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's important, though, to, to be a stand-up person. Don't yeah. be a pushover. This See, is your I, income. I, I, when I negotiate, you know, I, I, um, I'm not trying to do a one-off, you know. 
So I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, like, hey, if we're going to be in business together and you're going to be my broker or real estate agent, you know, we're, we're going to do business together. So, you know, give me your best offer first. I do that with anything. Contractors, you know, like, hey, don't don't hit a home run on me, because if you hit a home run on me, that's the only home run you're ever going to hit on me, you know, and 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 you may not even hit that, you know, um, but I don't I know I know that, hey, you need to eat, you need to make money, but. There's a there's a balance or like, hey, we can all win together if the price is right. You, you shouldn't know? be trying to, to negotiate your real estate representation's fee down. What you should be trying to negotiate is the asking price That's of the property. True. That's not true. Yeah, I feel like you're fighting against me and I'm trying to represent you. That makes us. How can I represent you and with full integrity? Because here's the thing, though. Again, if it's a one off and it's a residential property. Yeah. I mean, hey, you're going to want to get the most fee you can get because you know that that's a one time deal. Mm -hmm. But on, I'm really talking about commercial properties. If I'm buying a lot of commercial properties. Right. And I say, hey, we're going to have a team and it's going to be like almost like an assembly line of how you purchase property. You're like that's my point is like. So even if you negotiate me who represents you down, there's another guy on the other side representing the other person. Yeah, we're going to fuck just them up be, too. See, this this creates a lot of animosity in a deal. <laughs> you'll change your tune when you start becoming a property owner. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you'll be like negotiating your but own But yeah, the, it's definitely, it's, it's delicate. Because here's the thing, what people most people don't understand is like, you make money in real estate when you purchase the property, not when you sell it. Sounds weird, but my point is like, and, and part of that is the real estate agency fee. So if I'm buying a multi-million dollar property and, you know, my, the real estate agent is going to charge me 6%. You're trying to negotiate 3% on a, a, why not the 97%? Why, you know, do you see the difference here? I'm doing it all. I'm the whole picture because it's a line item. That's 6% fee. Like if I'm buying something that's $5 million, right? I don't want to pay more than 2%. So one side each, that's enough. You got a deal. My point is that's enough. Like if, if, if I'm buying a $5 million property and the seller's agent and the buyer's agent's making 1% and, and literally, especially for me where I don't want anyone involved, like, Hey, listen, sorry, I get, I get it. You feel very important and you want to do your job, but I really like, if I'm buying something, I want to talk to the seller because we can get the deal done in five minutes because I'm going to, I'm going to give them a fair offer. I'm not going to try to kick their ass or something. So, you know, my my need for that is less than most people because I really But you're like an eccentric degree. person. I feel yeah. like most people need to know that that's not Typical. how things are done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like oh, no. generally a, an agent to agent yeah, we talk you try to we represent you. That, yeah, you don't give the seller the buyer's back. number. Yeah, never, that's yeah. very inappropriate. Yeah. A lot of times I'll find this. Just like lawyers, just yeah, like yeah. lawyers. Would you call the person that you're, you know, you're in a lawsuit with? No, that's highly inappropriate. Well, Your lawyer talks to their lawyer. Yeah. You better not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, but my point is like with that is like, yeah, typically it's not done that way. But I've but, realized in business that when it is done that way, it gets done a lot quicker and a lot cheaper. Sure. So like you can, you know, and people don't understand that. And, I mean, there's houses for sale by owner because they don't want to have representation well, and they want to, but wait, they, they want to represent market, themselves yeah. and cut out the real estate. However, they typically sell for a lower price than when they have professional representation and yeah, they still pay the buyer's agent. real estate yeah, agent. Side, so yeah. you paid a person to negotiate against you. You got a lower fee on your house and all of that was to avoid paying your real estate agent to points, professionally yeah. represent you. Yep. You totally yeah, kicked yourself in the out. ass. Yeah, they use the discount 
firms like hey but it, we'll sell your house exactly and that's yeah. what that's who you ask for a different. discount so, from if you get a discount service my point is like if you're negotiating a two hundred thousand dollar house yeah i believe the real estate agent should like in pa it's you can get like six to eight percent yeah i agree like but right hey don't do it but if we're talking about a five ten twenty million dollar property like you know a, a fair amount is or even a five million dollar home like a fair well, it's, amount it's very is circumstantial yeah. it's very circumstantial like totally. you're like two percent of five million you're gonna make a nice payday for yourself you know so my point is like, hey, why are you going to try to hit a home run on somebody that you can get repeat business? So my point is about that is like, be fair to everyone, you know? I agree. Yeah. Agree. So to me, 15% is a little absurd. That's for a rental though. Yeah, 15% of the annual yeah. rent. What, what, would you, what would you get for a sale? Like if somebody wants to buy a town, like a brownstone or Three something like that. Three and a half. Like that. Yeah. That's, oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 But also remember, I still have to take it back to my brokerage and they chop it up too. Half, yeah. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to be your own broker? Your I own? ideally, that's why I got my broker's license because I thought I had that in mind. But if you start like Meg Jones Realty, there's not there's not a following for that. You'd rather go with Caldwell Banker because that's a name you know and trust. Yeah. And so I want to be under that umbrella of that professional, you know. Yeah. Nice. I get it. Representation. Yeah, yeah but I mean, you can get a following eventually. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm still pretty like new to the industry, so. Yeah. Yeah. I like where I am. You're young. I like where I like my Caldwell Banker family. Yeah. Oh, that's who you're with. I'm yeah. with the, them in in Ohio and New York. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I don't think. Could you be different? Could you be like? You oh, could. I'm yeah, yeah, Keller yeah. They're different licenses. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Keller Williams is also a good brokerage. Well, it's really the person who's representing you. Sure. You know. Yeah. It's really that. So what what do you think when you sat down with me like stood out when I was giving you advice because I remember we went to that one dinner and you were like saying things I said I'm like mm, sounds like I would say that uh, the only thing I recall me referencing at that dinner was that you told me that when you need to make a difficult decision and you're unsure of which way you want to go with it rather than making a bad decision or you know a quick decision it's okay to like put put a pause on it for pause. a second I say that to people. And that was useful, and I, I still hear that in my head sometimes when I don't know exactly what I want to do. So rather than making a sloppy decision, it's okay to just step back for a, a, a second and not. Yeah, I say pause. It'll come to you, right? Hey, don't be on the gas. Don't be on the brake, right? It's a racing term. Like, don't be on both. Just just coast. Pause. You know? Don't even stop. Like, hey, just, like, settle down. What's some advice that you feel like has been useful for you? Like, what's something that resonates with you that you try to... Utilize. Well, for, well, that's one of them. I uh -huh. mean, you know, like, hey, sometimes if, if it's not like, I mean, for me in real estate, it's like don't fall in love with a property. Because if you fall in love with a property, whether it be a house or any, or any a car Same or rules whatever, for dating for you. Yeah. Same, yeah. <laughs> like, don't fall. And because, Until you buy it. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you do that, then you might make an emotional decision on something. I do see people do that a lot. Like, oh, I got to have this. And yes. Like. I and think you'll be it's like, bullshit. this is the like, first thing we've seen. Yeah. Well, I, I like I like when people are well sold researched. something. They're sold something. They're like, hey, how much is this? Oh, we got a lot of offers coming in. And then <laughs> and then the, the it starts going this way. Like they start going up in price. And it's like, oh, I'm negotiating with someone. And it could be a phantom someone. It could be their fucking friend. Like at an auction? Yeah, yeah. It's auction. Anybody so, like, can Oh, raise I hand. fuck auctions up. Like you don't <laughs> want me at your auction. When I go to an auction, here's the thing. I know what I want to pay for it. So like say, hey, let's, I do this at residential auctions all the time and literally the auctioneer will fucking grab me in a headlock. See, I haven't been to a residential auction. I would like to do that. It's f Is it at the we property? 
yeah, 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 yeah. And you're in the front lawn and you're going. And how I do it. The owners I, are inside crying. Oh, no. <laughs> like even in a car auction or whatever. Any auction, you can you can take control of the auction very quickly and fuck it up and kill the bit. Like, don't let, now, once you do it a couple times or one time and you're known for that, they won't invite you to the auction. It'll kick you out. Like, I've, I've had auctioneers try to, like... Isn't it just open younger. to the public? Yeah, it is, but they can be like, we're not taking a bid from you because, they're like, hey, we don't we don't want you in our house. It's like, you know? And the, the reason why is you can you can steal the auction. I shouldn't say steal, but you can you can fuck it up because they want you... They The reason they start low is so they can get incremental. So they're like, hey, yeah, we're going to start this auction. Say it's a $300,000 house, uh-huh. right? Foreclosure. Whatever, anything. The uh-huh. person died in a state uh-huh. sale, and you're starting at, say, all right, we're going to start this auction at $30,000. Can I get 35 35 Can I get 40 40 They wanted to do that. Because mm-hmm. they have a reserve that they need to hit. Well, some are no reserve. But my point is, like, when you do it that way and it's going up incrementally, people don't realize what they're spending. It's like in mentality. Okay? So that house that's worth 300000 that might go for 500000 because you're bidding. And it's like, oh, I want to win this bid goes back to gambling. I'm gambling now, right? So me, I like, okay, I know what that house is worth already. Before I go to the auction, I went and looked at it. I kicked the tires. I, I know what I want to pay for it. Again, you make your money when I buy it. So instead of me trying to get a deal, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I can get if there's no reserves. A lot of properties are no reserve because they're like, I don't need a reserve because the auctioneer is so good. They're really good at their job. They know that they can, this is property that appraises for $300,000. And I'll do an appraisal ahead of time. I'll do all the title work. I'll send it. I have the title company set up and say, hey, run me title. So any liens on the property, like I know what's on that property. Because when you buy it, you can assume all that. So I already know what's on it before going in. So I know my expenses. I know how much, like I walk through it and I say, okay, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to do a new kitchen. I'm going to do a new bathroom. So I know exactly what's going into it. And what I'll do is I'll just, okay, this $300,000 property, I'm going to put a hundred thousand dollars into or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want it for 180 or say something like that. Mm-hmm. And literally my first, I'll wait for, I'll wait for a couple people to bid. They'll go 35, 40, 45, 50. Right. And they'll go up and then I'll just say 180. So I'll literally, I'll jump it up by a hundred thousand right then and there. It's the end of the auction. Like people are like, fuck. They look around like this guy just fucking went from one, one from like forty thousand dollars to now one eighty. Like he just put the bid up, and it really it just stops it. And now, again, it's not my job to make the auctioneer money or to have the buyer's premium or that's not my job. My job is to do what's best for me and my family, and that's getting at that that house for the lowest possible price. But I know if I get in this game with other investors, it's gonna just keep going up and up and up and up and up. So that's why early on, and they get pissed. But it's like, my job's not for you to make money. My job's for me to make money. My job is to to, to rehab this house or this pl- place or the car, whatever I'm And after you win that, the bid, how much do you have to give right away? Isn't it like you have to have a check for you have a money percentage right of it? Depends. A lot of them give you like, hey, if you have this deposit. A lot of them, like, I would go with certified checks in different increments. So, I'd, like, I know what it's like. And But that's a discipline, too. It's like, hey... If I know I'm only paying 180 for that house, I'm only bringing $180,000 in different incremental certified checks or bank checks with it. So I'll bring like, you know, uh, two $50,000 ones and then a couple $20,000 ones. And the bank are always like, why do you need three this and that? And then it's like, and 
they always obviously. That's another ask thing questions. with auctions. You can't finance your, the property, right? You have to have cash. Well, I have, no, you can, but you have to like literally. You can do it through like lines of credit, and then it can convert to a mortgage, and different things like that. So you can. There's ways to do it, but right there, they're not going to wait for you to go and get a loan 30, 45 days later. Like typically, the auction wants the money now. That's why you got to bring certified checks or have like a line of credit to close. Some, if you put enough. Have you ever done in, an online auction? Yep. Yep. Same that's probably thing. much easier, right? No, in per I like in person because it's like that's like in person they can see you as the buyer, you know. An example, so like they see you pull up in a Mercedes or pull up in a nice car, and then you like the first thing you do is you take the offer and you made a hundred thousand dollars more. And they're like, I'm not bidding against this guy because he just threw that offer in, and I did it early on when I couldn't even afford it. Like meaning like. Like, I wasn't a multimillionaire or anything like that. It was just like, fuck, I want to buy this house. But I knew what my credit line was. I knew what I had. So I'm like, fuck it. And I did it. And they were like, what the fuck? So I, I like, that, that was, and that came to me, like, nobody gave me that advice. I just figured out, like, hey, why am I going to waste my time? I don't like wasting my time. So I'm like, why am I going to waste my time? I'm just going to just bid on it to what I want to pay. And I know I can make good money. It goes back to, hey, yeah, there's an opportunity. If I can buy for a hundred, I can make two hundred thousand on the house. But I'm okay only making forty thousand, fifty thousand on the house. Like I'm okay with that. I'll take less. So auctions are another good way to acquire property. Sometimes, sometimes not. Like if you buy it at the wrong price and you get caught up in that moment and they keep bidding, and 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 it gets to a point and you don't know it because here's the thing. You... I tried to participate in an online auction for a house um, last year, I think, or the year before. And the house was listed at like seventeen grand, so I was like, okay, you get a house for seventeen grand. It was That's like what they want you near to, to like a, a campus. I thought this would be like a good probably went first investment. six figures, right? I don't even know because every time I made a bid, the computer would bid it up, like beat my bid. Well, somebody had a proxy so, bid in, so that was automatic. They, they yeah. told me that there was like a eBay. reserve, so yeah, the, reserve. the computer was just going to keep going until it hit the reserve. And then they said that if no one took it, if the computer won, it would just be back on the auction again next week. So they had nothing to lose. So I couldn't beat the computer, basically. So, yeah, I do think that maybe you're right about the in-person making a difference. But even that, you just set your price and that's it. So if you go and you're like, this is all the money I have, then it, it, you, it, you basically force yourself to become a disciplined investor and disciplined at buying stuff. Because it's like, hey, if you bought unlimited amount of money or if you had it, and, and it, you know, why would you buy a house and be upside down in equity? You know, like, oh, I bought a $300,000 house for $500,000. Now I got to put 100000 in. Because when you're going through a house and you're rehabbing it the first time or even a commercial property, one, like, and it's a close margin. Like, if you're like, oh, wait, hey, I bought a house for two eighty and it's worth 300000 If you go in there and you see termite damage or something else like that, it's, it's, you're fucked, you know, because... One kitchen could put you over budget. One bathroom could put you mm -hmm. over budget. So you don't want to be that tight on that margin, you know. So that's pretty much that. Look at this. This these are some houses for auction in New York. Look at that one. Oh really? They don't have like Coffee a opening too. bid price. That's funny. Yeah, it's a lot of times they won't. They try to do that. So anyway, that's that. But other than that, I don't have much more to say for this one. Hey, thanks for tuning into this podcast. You know, it's a, it's a thing that. Uh, I wanted to do for a while. At first, I actually didn't want to do it for a while. But then a couple people wanted me to do a reality show. A couple people wanted me to do, you know, a different podcast. But 
they always they wanted to take creative control. They want to tell me what to say, and you know that's not going to happen with Bill Hines. So, you know, I want you guys to basically come back to me. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you know if you have questions or if you want me to give you any advice, certain real estate topics, certain business topics, and uh, you know I'm more than happy to do that. And uh, it's free, but uh, you know if something blows up, don't sue me if it's the wrong advice. So disclaimer. Yeah, anything you want to hear, if it's for racing, if it's any other sports, you know, open to all those questions. Yeah, so just come back to us. Let us know what type of uh, things you want to hear and talk about. And uh, we make a list. And, you know, every week we can, you know, give you what you want to hear. And that's what we're here for. We're here for people that want to listen. And uh, all right, guys, that's a wrap on this show. And uh, yeah, just want to thank everyone for tuning in. As I like to say. Be good. Boom. Hey, I just want to shout out our sponsors. We got a few sponsors. So obviously, Try Snow. So TrySnow.com. If you enter the thrill, you'll get a nice discount on that code. It's a teeth whitener. It's you know for people that have sensitive gums. It, it it's they have a desensitizing serum, so that helps with that. But you know I have pretty sensitive gums, and uh, it, it it was great for me. It's not like the the store bought brand. Um, you know, some really uh, cool people use it as far as I know, Money Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather. That's how he has a great smile and uh, Gronkowski and, you know, a couple other people. So uh, trysnow.com, you, you put your code in of the thrill and, you know, from us to you, we'll get you a nice discount. Hey, another uh, sponsor I want to tell you about is a really cool project. And uh, so this one is the Wolf Project. So it's wolfproject.co. And if you put in the code, the thrill, again, on any of their products, they have a really good hydrating mask. They have really good lotion for, you know, hydrating your daily wear for face. And then they have a really good uh, men's facial cleaner. And they're going to be coming out with more and more products geared toward men. You know, and that's why, you know, I look so good. No wrinkles, you know. I'm like 80 years old. Look how good I look. You know, I act five. But, uh, yeah, go to wolfproject.co and you will get some uh, amazing uh, um, skincare product for men. So, that's it. Everyone take care. As I like to say, be good. Boom.